Tonight's show includes adult-themed songs from the dragapella group The Kinsey Six. Not suitable for all ages, they are nonetheless fabulous. I'm Nick Burns. This is Radioactive, and we, of course, are your local show for all grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and every single DIY creative everywhere. Tonight on the show... It's the Kinsey Six. They're going to be doing a benefit, a help out, a helping hand for Flourish Bakery. So we've got Ed Turner here from Flourish Bakery. We also have the Kinsey Six. Maybe we can get and hear a little clip of Putin in the Ritz. Um, So there's a lot to talk about, about Flourish Bakery, friends of the show for a long, long time. Later on Radioactive, the back half of the show, I want to talk about some some money actually I want to talk about some money that the state is putting toward encouraging Utahns to just plain get outdoors the legislative session we all know and we've covered this at length on the show lots of really dangerous bills about trans youth and so on but here's something our legislature actually did they put a bunch of money into outdoor education and I want to ask about that I want to talk about some specific bills that's on the second half of the show but right now Ed Turner, board member, Flourish Bakery. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. I'm happy. Oh, our pleasure. Again, longtime benefits, longtime benefactors, if you will, of the community. Flourish Bakery, you've been on the show before. My day job, Salt Lake Community College. You all used to use the kitchen right down the hall from my office. But just a quick catch up. Tell us about Flourish Bakery and what you're up to and where you are these days. Well, uh, right now we have moved um, away from that space um, where you knew us and we're in, um, in a location in Midvale um, in a large space and that has a, a back store um, set up for, for pickup of special orders or to drop in and see what's in the case. Uh, for those of your listeners who are unfamiliar with Flourish, we are in our fifth year and the only second chance long-term recovery workforce re-entry program in Utah. And that's a lot of words. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say second chance, but it's another chance. And I think that makes you a little unique in the bakery world. Well, what, um, one thing we always say is it's never too late. So our program is based on a one-year internship for individuals in recovery from substance use disorder and um, which may or may not involve incarceration. And during that year, um, the intern learns the fine art of artisanal baking and also uh, does a lot of personal growth and transformation. That's really at the heart of our program to create the space for individuals with those backgrounds to create a meaningful existence for themselves. And that's work They have to do themselves, but we stand alongside them while they do it and support them along the way. And during that year, the interns collect um, a living wage while they learn that skill. It seems to me, and maybe this is just my late night TV viewing habits, but it seems to me a lot of people coming out of addiction seem to find comfort in the kitchen, whether it's professional chefs or bakers. I always wondered about that. Any ideas why that's a comfortable environment? Is it the is it the hectic pace? Is it the immediate gratification? I'm never sure on that. Yes. 
<laughs> it's, I think it's, I think it's all of that. Yeah. For some, um, there's an outlet for creativity and we like to think of the kitchen as a, uh, the bakery as a metaphor for recovery. Um, you know, you, oh. have to, you have to follow a recipe. Um, this is not cooking. This is baking, which is right. very particular. Um, you have to follow a recipe and, you know, here we have to adjust it for altitude and other things. And so, you know, you say we're taking a loaf of, making a loaf of bread and you follow that and you put it in the oven and it comes out and it, sometimes it's busted and it just doesn't, something's not working. So what do we do? We go back and we take it apart and we find out what is the component that didn't work. And we make that adjustment, try it again. And that's really what we're doing in the program. Um, I mean, you're right. It is a good metaphor for recovery. And myself, <clears throat> some problems in my youth that listeners have probably heard too much about. I find the kitchen is an interesting mix of the personal and, and the group. You know, sometimes I think some people might end up in addictions because they have trouble with other people or come from bad family situations. And I've always thought a kitchen is a place where you get to be on your, on your own, but you also work with others. And it sounds like that's what you're helping all these bakers to master. Uh, I think you're right on that. Um, isolation is, of course, mm -hmm. the curse of, um, a, of recovery or somebody who is um, doing that work. And so we have a community where we have, for instance, we start the day off with a reflection period where people check in about what's happened, um, what's happening in their lives and what they want to talk about and might need help with. And then there are assignments for the day. There's a production um, timeline. So we have to, you know, in between all that personal work, we say we bake great bread and wonderful lemon bars and lots of great sweets. And at lunch, we gather for a community meal. Um, so, you know, it, it strikes a balance of individual responsibility, but also team effort. And along the way, there's a healthy dose of accountability. Well said. So let's, let's jump from there into, into another issue that's, of course, dear to everyone listening right now, and that is Flourish. You all will be supporting KRCL during our upcoming Radiothon, and that will include some tickets to an event May 13th. That'll be at the Salt Lake Masonic Temple, and we have some guests with us to talk about that more. But real quickly, what are you going to be doing on May 13th as a benefit and in support of KRCL? So to set it up, um, recovery in and of itself is a lot of things. It's difficult and it's humbling and it's uncomfortable and it's often non-linear non and it's really serious business. But, or and, um, experiencing fun is really, for me, an important lasting component of radical change. So... I couldn't think of anything more fun than bringing the Kinsey Six, who I have long <laughs> at a distance. That restraining order is still in place, I believe. Uh huh. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> to bring them to Salt Lake uh, again, they've been here a couple of times, um, but to bring them in and then to find a location that, in and of itself, was also curious and interesting. So Friday, May thirteenth, at the Salt Lake Masonic Temple, at seven o'clock, uh, we will have a concert by. Um, my good friends, the Kinsey Six. So tell me before we, because the Kinsey Six are with us here today on the show, 
and I want to bring them in next. But but Ed, describe them in your mind from when you first came across the Kinsey Six. How would you describe them? Well, they use this term as well, so I'm sure I stole it from them. But unapologetically gay would be one way. Um, I've used uh, the term in this run-up to the show as um, body. Uh, they perform their concerts with a handbag full of fun. Um, <laughs> heartfelt, uh, shocking, and important. What's that noise? Joy of joys. It's a girl group made of boys. We're winning. Trampolina. And tricks. Kinsey Six. Joining us now, the Kinsey Six, Winnie, Trixie, Trampolina, and Angel. I don't know if you all have a spokesperson, but wow, from corporate events at Wells Fargo to cruise ships to the National Museum of Scotland to the BBC World News on CBS, CNN, ZDF, German National Television, all the way to what? All the way, sorry, all the way to watch. I can't even say it live. All the way to watch what happens live with Andy Cohen on Bravo, now right here on KRCL, the Kinsey Six. Hi. Good, hey, good day. Hello. hello. Thanks for having us. And Ed, that was such a lovely introduction to our group. Thank you very much. We can't wait to disappoint you with the lack <laughs> of fun that we're going to bring to the show. So, so the truth is, is we, we, we love having the mix of everything that you mentioned, the serious and the fun, um, the irreverent and the topical, just a grand bag mix of everything on top of a Dragapella sandwich. It is gonna be a spectacular evening. And, and I believe the word you have a trademark on is Dragapella? You're that darn right correct. we do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I, let I, anyone else I, use that, we'll <laughs> sue you. Okay. So we've got music, we've got comedy, we've got acapella singing, we've got satire, over the top drag, that's a quote. Um, I thought maybe we should hear perhaps a song. Let's drop a song in here before we jump into this. And the one that really strikes me is Jenny Craig, Feel My Sorrow. <laughs> That struck you? Oh, I, 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 why? What personal demons are you fighting? Oh, uh, well, plenty. So thank you very much. That's a clip of the Kinsey Six and their particular cut, Jenny Craig, Feel My Sorrow. So you guys have been all over the world. Tell me about your repertoire. I mean, I think that sort of gave us an idea, but tell me how you came to develop this particular repertoire and this particular show, because you bring so much over the top, yes, but you bring so much to a show that I think blends from many different traditions. I would say this new show, uh, it, it, it's what people really want right now during these times. Before the pandemic, we were touring with our election year show, Electile Dysfunction. And it's very heavy on the political satire. 
And, and this show, um, it has, it has its moments where we, uh, where we really sink our teeth into what's going on in the world, but it also is a, a moment for the audience to really sort of come together and just laugh again, be in a room with people to sort of go, yeah, what is all of this? And then, and then we just throw some hilarious balls to the walls songs at them. And it's a, it's a great night. So that's Trampolina, by the way, because I know we're on the radio and we, and we'll have pictures and whatnot in the show notes. Um, but I do want to ask about your name, the Kinsey Six. Again, I just count four, you know, Trampolina, yourself, Angel, Winnie, and Trixie. And of course, six is S-I-C-K-S. So we have a little bit of a pun there. But Kinsey, all I think about is Alfred Kinsey, the sex researcher. Am I uh, off base there? Get no, your head out of the gutter there, Nick. <laughs> I don't know what you think this is. Yes, it is, it is based on the Kinsey scale. Uh, and, okay. And this is, take, this is take people through the Kinsey scale just because. Okay, so the Kinsey scale um, is a scale developed by sexologist Alfred Kinsey. And he created the spectrum uh, of sexuality where zero is purely heterosexual and uh, six is um, a perfect score. So we play on that. And uh, it's it's a pun on words. And ironically, none of us came up with this name for the group. But uh, ironically, it was the Kinsey Six, uh, which was actually five people in a Dragapella quartet. So it, it was really a funny numbers game. But there were, yeah, there were originally five people in the group. And so it... And if you look at the spelling play. of our name, of our group name, it's Kinsey Six S I C K S, not S I X. And S I C K S is also a reference to some of our bluer humor. Mm. Um, some people would think that we are, and especially those uh, who look down upon the queer community, would think that we are sick. But oh. we relish, we relish in our queerness, and we're gonna give it to you with no apologies whatsoever. So. You know, you all have performed all over the world, as I mentioned, from Scotland to cruise ships to Wells Fargo corporate events. Not your first visit to Utah. Do you change your show depending on where you're performing? Can we expect something special in Salt Lake? Or something extra sick, perhaps? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is we love performing in especially conservative States. I feel like that the reaction that we get from audiences there uh, are are really pointed, very excited, and just have a little bit more energy. And I like to theorize that it's because there's more beleaguered liberals who are coming together uh, and having a community experience, and finally being able to be out loud and proud as people who are more liberally minded. And of course, we're going to have some special things tailor-made for mm. this audience. I think that um, it, it's, it's, it's part of what we do. We love making it feel special for everyone. So, and that's Trixie, folks. Um, Trixie, tell me, uh, tell me a song we should hear right now to exemplify what you're talking about in terms of what folks might be able to hear here at your oh my. Well, my song is my favorite song that we do, of course. It's my favorite because it's my solo. Okay. And it's uh, something <laughs> that I sing to everyone to introduce my lover who will be seeing the show. And it's a parody of um, my favorite song called Mamma Mia from 
uh, ABBA, and instead of saying, singing about um, that particular subject, I talk about a particular <clears throat> social disease that he gives to me that rhymes with Mama Mia. <laughs> Which, oddly enough, is uh, is is much harder to spell and much easier to get, or easier easier to get than it is to spell. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. And I'll just let you guess what that is. I don't want to give the joke away. Let's hear a clip. This is the Kinsey Six on KRCL. How long have you all been together, the four of you, as the Kinsey Six? This ensemble of these four actors uh, since 2019, uh, as a matter of fact. But the group so has been around since uh, December 30th, 1993. Eight friends, five gay men, and three lesbians started the group, um, and it has had a cast change every few years, but the okay. spirit of the group has remained constant. And this is entirely a cappella. You don't bring like a band with you, right? We are the band. <laughs> you are the band. So you play instruments as well? No, just the pitch our, and a prayer. Voices. Our instruments are our voices. Our okay, gifts. all acapella. I just want to get people understanding what, what the show will be. Tell me what happened to all y'all during COVID. And I don't necessarily mean disease-wise, but for folks who tour and perform, I can imagine the last couple of years have been uh, a drag, no pun. Yeah, well, it's we all live in four different parts of the country. None of us okay. live near each other. And I had an idea for a music video to throw out um, a parody of Bette Midler's From a Distance called Social Distance. Social distance, drag artists go live stream and the airlines cancel fly. Social distance, harmony, harmony. And I, I pitched it to the group and everybody recorded their audio parts individually. And Jeff made the arrangement, did the audio mixing, and then everybody individually recorded themselves uh, in the various stages of drag that we had at the time. And so we just started making music videos and it eventually led to us releasing an album during the pandemic called Quarantunes. Which will be available after the show for the low, low price of just fifteen dollars. I love the colorful masks you wear. When they're left in sunlight, there's no virus there. please take my word. Open windows when you circulate the air. So we can avoid stagnation. Let's protect our respiration. Fresh air dilutes exhalation. We gotta have air filtration. Safeguard your inhalation. Don't get any closer now. 
It's not personal. I'm scared of humankind. But can't cause we're banned throughout the world. Somebody donation. We need a new administration. And until there's a vaccination, six feet of separation. Make it safe for conversation. How can we push education? But we'll send them there with no preparation. Gotta keep that good ventilation in all kinds of Welcome back to the show. I'm Nick Burns. We're talking with Ed Turner from Flourish Bakery and also with us, the Kinsey Six. They will be in town doing a benefit for the Flourish Bakery folks and, of course, supporting KRCL during our upcoming Radiothon. We'll have all the details in the notes of the show for tonight. But this is May 13th at May 13th, rather, at the Salt Lake Masonic Temple. So listen during Radiothon. You can make a pledge and you can get some tickets. It's as simple as that. So, Ed, I want to bring you back in here. You set this up. This is going to benefit Flourish Bakery. And was this a hit? I mean, you're producing this event. Was this at all a hard sell with the Flourish folks or anything goes, so to speak? No, it's so it's my first I've done some dining events for the for Flourish. Um, This is my first venture into uh, a concert here in Salt Lake but they immediately took to it. I thought it would be, uh, for the first year, I thought it would be a small growing event and it's really taken on a life of its own. Um, The Kinsey Six sell themselves, so tickets are going quickly. Um, There's a lot of energy, a lot of interest and a lot of sponsors on board. And so we're looking forward to a fun night. Cool, and for you all in the Kinsey Six, how, how much of your touring you know, falls to benefits like you're going to be doing with for, you know, for Flourish with Ed and all of us here. 
Some of them do, Nick. Um, we've done a lot of gala events, like for um, like AIDS healthcare service providers and uh, Pride events. We were doing like two uh, two Pride events uh, this this June, which we're excited about doing, and various like galas and what have you. Okay. Um, and when Ed reached out to us about this, and I I was so thrilled that he did. It's 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 exciting to get to do what we get to do, but there's such an activist history to our group, and um, the. The, the concept of, of restorative justice is, I think, a beautiful and compassionate way to approach, um, you know, people who are in transition from one point in their life and struggling. And there's so much overlap to how to what how to how we do activism and in the group's history. So it just it was it made perfect sense. And I was thrilled when Ed was telling me about the organization to learn more about it. And and can't wait to uh, to learn it even more as we get to do this show next month. I mean, it seems it seems, and I'm not quite sure how to ask this, but it seems that what you do is becoming increasingly mainstream. The kind of drag acts and whatnot that used to kind of be in seedy bars across the railroad tracks and whatnot, folks like you seem to really be bringing it into the mainstream. And here you are supporting. Flourish Bakery, as I said, you know, performing for Wells Fargo bank executives. That seems to be a huge change over the last, you know, decade or two. Any idea what's going on with the public that that we see so much, I, I would say, positive change? There seems to be a growing acceptance of yeah. the outsider. And that's a very good thing. I mean, of course, there's also the reaction to the acceptance of the outsider, which we've been seeing also um, in politics and um, and some of the the the, uh, the right wing radio, right wing TV, all of that stuff is is there's there's a the 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 arc of history usually goes towards a progress that thankfully weighs towards justice liberalism, freedom, equality, and then there's steps backward. But I think that uh, at least at this point in, in the queer experience in the US, we're lucky to be at a point where we can't, where people like us are seen as mainstream. That's something that we've been struggling for for, for decades and we're finally seeing that come to fruition. But that's, the, the fight's not over. Um, just because not. there's more exposure for us doesn't mean that the law, all the laws are in our favor. Um, there's there's been an incredible backlash, and I think that promoting uh, our values and then surrounding that with not just uh, community building, but but peppering it with fun actually makes it so that it, you can't turn back. And hopefully, um, this kind of acceptance becomes more mainstream around the world and in the future. No, Trixie, well said. And I mean, I think we see that with all social justice movements. There is a backlash. Um, have you all had a chance to perform in Florida and perhaps riff on Don't Say Gay? Not yet. Oh, uh, we, have, uh, we have, uh, however, we did a show, or one of our first shows back were um, in Dallas okay. uh, back in December. So we certainly had some commentary on their um, uh under very harmful new abortion laws that they have. Um, and so, and now they're going after trans kids too. So we'll be, we'll be back there in Houston actually in June. So that'll be a, a fun. Uh, well, going after fun, trans kids yeah. here in Utah also with mm -hmm. the ban on transgender athletes and a whole lot of ink and a whole lot of spilled tears over yeah. one poor kid. Um, so it's kind of nationwide, the backlash, but, but I do want to agree. I think that's a sign of progress 
right? The backlash comes when people make gains. So mm-hmm. shout out to all y'all. How long is this tour? Is this just one stop of, of many cities when you're gonna be here in May? Well, it'll be the stop of a, it'll be the last of a few performances we have uh, okay. out in the West uh, in May. And then we'll be back here on the East Coast. We're in the East Coast right now. We have some shows in Baltimore and Virginia this weekend. And then um, we'll be back out here in in June and then we'll be in Toronto and, and Annapolis, Maryland. And Annapolis, Maryland. And, and you uh, all are from, and you all don't necessarily all live in the same town, right? You all are from all over. We yeah, are. Right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's why the group stays together so well. Because yeah. you don't, not, you don't live together? Anywhere near each other. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do rehearsals and whatnot? Rehearsal. What's that? What's a rehearsal? What's that? Okay, okay. <laughs> we just show up. Show up and wing it? Okay, good enough. The, 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 the truth is we do a lot of uh, self-preparation at home. Okay. Uh, we have our scripts ready long before uh, we do our show. We uh, And we do um, online rehearsals. And then when we get together uh, before the actual performance, we like to get together two or three days beforehand and do uh, in-person rehearsals. But okay. by then, everything is memorized. Everything is choreographed. Um, and then we just do our adjustments. Uh, you, do days. you do you have a chance before your tour to coordinate outfits? Well, the costumes are already done. Yeah. Okay. They're they're, they're, cus- they're custom made and they look gorgeous. In oh. fact, I just laundered them after this weekend's uh, oh. uh, um, ma- ballet oh. of shows. And Thank goodness. And you Thanks. guys, you guys are going to look at some gorgeous, gorgeous drag and high hair. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, I want to go out with this song if, and, and I'll give you a chance to set it up. But shout out if we're going to be, if Salt Lake's going to be the last night on your tour, I think it's going to be an extra hot show. So thank you for that. Thank you. It should be. I mean, it's Friday the 13th at Masonic Temple. What could go wrong? <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. Again, this is May 13th at the Salt Lake Masonic Temple, the Kinsey Six, in a benefit for Flourish Bakery. So who wants to set up Putin on the Ritz? And we'll go out with that. Ooh, I'd be honored to. Uh, Please. It is, my, it is, it is Winnie's solo. Uh, this song Ooh, okay. This song was authored. Uh, actually, it's one of the first uh, songs I recorded when I joined the group about eight years ago. Um, and that tells you how long Mr. Putin has been um, making friends, as it were. So it's, uh, it's a fun spin on a classic. And... Uh, and sadly, it's all still true today. But um, it will be prescient. I don't know. But it's a fun song. It's a great song. And it'll make you think. Um, and I, uh, I thank you for playing it. I think it's important to, uh, to, to be in solidarity with the folks of Ukraine at this moment, too. So. And Winnie, it's your solo. So That, too. Okay. So that <laughs> is the Kinsey Six. Winnie, Trixie, Trampolina, and Angel. They will be here May 13th, Friday the 13th, at the Masonic Temple. Yeah, what could go wrong? All in a benefit for Flourish Bakery. Thank you for taking time to chat with us. Best best wishes, rather, on your tour. And here they are with Putin on the Ritz. Thank Thank you, Nick. Wow, 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 wow. Despots know just what to do. Build their power and wealth comes to impress their fellow despots there. The Ritz in Riyadh or Red Square. Star Wars and folks bare squalor while you hide your petrol dollars, smuggling every dime from your plunderful crime. 
Tanks roll through and the EU they do poo poo while winking too as there he sits. Putin in the Ritz. Watch him strip the right to the vote. Watch him slip off his manly coat to tout his stage. Putin in the Ritz. When Ukraine rebelled, he tried to dupe her. Preaching peace while speaking through his pooper. With no scooper. Tyrants glow, he's there, I'm Zella. Homophobes know he's a fella. Macho snake. Like Putin in the Ritz. It's been a long winter, but here comes springtime. Getting excited to get out. It's time to get out. We have to see the mountains and the prairies and the whole rest of that song. The return of the KRCL record sale will be coming up. Hopefully, we can gather and share some music. But right now, we're looking for donations. Maybe you got a box of old records in the attic or the basement, and maybe it's time to donate them to a good cause, your community radio station. And we can pass them on to the next music lover so they can enjoy your 33 and a third treasures. Get with Eric. Eric N. at krcl.org. That would be nice. Hey, it's Laura Jones from Radioactive, and every weeknight at 6, we bring you the voices of folks right here in your community working to make things better. From Clean Slate to Curly Me, Wasatch Community Gardens to the Utah Museum of Fine Arts, nonprofits dedicated to working side-by-side with you and me to make space for everyone. And now we need your support to keep us live and local. Radiothon starts April 22nd. That's Earth Day, by the way. But you can help now by making your contribution online at krcl.org. And thank you. Welcome back to Radioactive on your community connection, 90.9 FM, and of course, online, krcl.org. I'm Nick Burns. Next on the show, we want to talk about, gosh, this seems so obvious, but we want to talk about the Utah announcement and a bunch of money, I want to say, too, and I want to talk about the money because it's not insignificant, but the whole entire move to encourage Utahns to get outside. You wouldn't think this would be that big a deal, but in some ways, it is a big deal. So joining me on the show, Sarah Kinnison. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how's it going? Fine, thank you. And you are a health educator and the founder of Park Rx Utah. I sure am. Real quickly in a sentence or two, and I want to get back to it, but set us up Park Rx Utah. Yeah, so ParkRx Utah is a nonprofit organization where we're trying to prescribe outdoor time to all Utahns to improve their physical and mental health. So um, promoting free and accessible ways to be physically active outside. Yeah, I mean, I'll just throw this out there. One of my friends from way, way back, a Vietnam veteran who had a lot of problems serving in Vietnam, uh, a lot of trouble fitting back into the United States, he became a park ranger and specifically asked to be assigned to a park uh, very remote in Alaska. And he just thrived there. And he was not thriving in the city, but you got him out in the woods and he did great. Um, 
That's just one case I know of. Also joining us on the show, David Wood, Outdoor Program Coordinator at Salt Lake County Parks and Recreation. And you're also a part of Park Rx. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm uh, sitting on the committee for Parks Rx as well. Okay. And just to be clear, this is this nonprofit is separate from Salt Lake County Parks and Rec? It is. Okay, just to be clear. And finally, joining us on the show, Pitt Grew with the Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you for joining us. And I want to get with you because it seems like you have the connection to the money here at the state level. <laughs> That's what we're here for, right? We're here to help encourage investment in outdoor recreation across the whole state. Yeah, and it, and it seems so obvious. And, and I think what gets in the news always or what tends to always get in the news are all these conflicts between drill, baby, drill, to use a phrase, and building trains and moving oil and fracking gas and on and on and on. And, you know, trying to get away with, you know, eliminating parks, the, the national parks, not necessarily the state. But meanwhile, folks like you are busy actually working the opposite side of the tracks, I want to say. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really comes down to education and understanding what all the people on this call today, right, understand is the importance of time outside to the quality of life here in Utah. And so yeah. you, somebody needs to be there to help encourage and show and educate on that to say, look, the more we invest in this type of things, the better quality of life we have, the happier our residents are, and it helps our economies with tourism and other business sectors and everything else across the state. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, it seems so obvious, and yet it seems like so many of us forget um, I'm not sure where to jump into this. I, I want to get back to the county and things that are going on quite locally. But when it comes to various expenditures, um, there's been all kinds of money dropped into grants, dropped into outdoor activities. And I guess I would just throw to you what stands out as the most amazing in terms of money that the state has for outdoor recreation. Well, so there's a few things, and, and this last legislative session was really impressive, actually, with investment in outdoor recreation. So a handful of things, um, you know, we've, for many years, our office has managed the Utah Outdoor Recreation Grant, which is money coming from basically the hotel tax statewide, and uh, that, that fund has grown year over year. To this year, we've had our biggest requests ever. We have $17 million in requests from communities around the state to build outdoor recreation amenities and infrastructure. It's a match grant, requires them to come up with some of the money as well. Um, but, you know, really shows that communities are kind of catching the vision of the importance of investing in these things. And then the state comes in with this fund and helps to support that in, in the best way possible. One other big thing that happened this last session is there was a bill passed to basically take a fraction of the sales tax collected on all things sold in the state of Utah this year or every year and put into what's called the outdoor adventure infrastructure restricted account. So this is basically a model after how UDOT funds a lot of their projects, you know, for transportation and everything else. It's kind of taking that same idea and putting it as a consistent, regular, year-over-year -year funding mechanism for outdoor recreation across the state. So it, it's really interesting to see that interest because, again, it's it's realizing how important outdoor recreation is to our economy um, and to our quality of life. And you, you make a distinction there that I think it's worth 
emphasizing, and that is the difference between one-time money, like here's some money to build a park building or a pavilion, and here's ongoing money that we will fund every single year. And when it comes to public entities, getting that base, that ongoing funding is really kind of a dream. Yeah, that's a huge step and something where Utah is really leading the way and, and good to see. So, Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's go back to the county real quick. I don't want to get too far away from that. Sarah Kinnison, again, you founded Park Rx Utah. You're an all, you're also a health educator um, with Salt Lake County. Do we or should we distinguish how we look at encouraging youth? Should we be focusing more on the super young kids to set up habits for later or? are we better off maybe investing in the high school kids or the college age kids where there is more probably that they could do outdoors, I want to say on their own? Right. I mean, that's a really great question. I think there's uh, no harm in focusing on any of those age groups, but there are a lot of studies out there that show if you introduce young kids to nature earlier on, that it really helps with their um, development. Um, But you're right. There's a lot of opportunities like after school programs um, in elementary school age and high school students. And so if you can start um, introducing kids to the outdoors young, I think it builds um, opportunities for them to really grow a love and almost a need for nature later on in life. And is any of your work, either with the county as a health educator or your, your nonprofit, Park Rx, are you in the schools doing these after school yes. programs or any of that or visiting classes or field trips or, or, or? Uh, we um, are not currently, but we really want to highlight those after-school programs that are out there. So say um, we could actually prescribe that to somebody if there is an after-school program. So we're always looking to connect and collaborate with new partners throughout the state. Okay. So David Wood, Outdoor Program Coordinator, take me through some of these outdoor programs that you coordinate. <laughs> Yeah, so we actually had a very busy winter. Um, okay. We hosted some lunar snowshoe series up Big Cottonwood Canyon in uh, collaboration with Cottonwood Canyon Foundation, where we would take people up the canyon and do uh, nighttime snowshoe tours, along with some mindfulness talk and uh, naturalist talk from volunteers through their foundation. Um, and also we have some exciting programs coming up this spring and fall or this spring and summer, excuse me, um, throughout various parks around the county. Um, we've been partnering with Clark Planetarium and hosting evening star parties out at Wheeler Farm, and those will continue through May. Um, we're also hosting an event in collaboration with the Utah Office of Outdoor Rec and Burn Boot Camp. Uh, it's a meetup series. It'll be kind of an outdoor fitness event out at Wheeler Farm. Um, and beyond that, we're also partnering with Hawk Watch to do various pop-ups at parks around the valley. Um, and then eventually coming down the line in June, we're going to be working with uh, county libraries to do book clubs in the parks, wherein mm-hmm. we'll have assigned readings and we'll meet in an outdoor area and um, assign books that have to do with nature and make those connections to nature. And then again, down the line as well, we're going to do some art in the parks um, in collaboration with Draw Inc., a nonprofit organization. Oh, very cool. 
And, and I want to just take a minute and, and point out in case in case listeners aren't aware, you all at, at Salt Lake, you know, County Parks and Rec have been around, I want to say 75 years, right? From right after World War II, we originally put together a Parks and Rec department. But I'm guessing that the kinds of the kinds of events you're talking about, the kinds of programs probably came a bit later. I'm, I would guess that in 1946, it was basically, here's a block, here's go do what you want. And I think you're probably much more actively engaged in engaging the public now than, than even 20 years ago, I want to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the outdoor programs portion of Salt Lake County is actually pretty brand new. Um, we just started back last June. Um, it's a brand new program and myself and Hillary McAvoy are the two coordinators. Um, so brand new program. And when we were hired, we were kind of given free reign to find things that we're passionate about and offer these outdoor recreation and educational activities to the public. So a lot of success, it sounds like. Um, do you see most of the people who come to, and maybe you as a, as, as a program director isn't, isn't the right person to ask, but do you think most people, for, for the county parks, is it a destination? Like it's Sunday and we're gonna go to XYZ Park or is it event driven? That, you know, I'm gonna go to the park because I wanna be in this program or this event. Do you keep numbers on that or, or track that at all? We do. I'd say it's a little bit of a mixture of both. Okay. Um, some people are excited more about the area we're visiting, and then some are more excited about the actual event. For example, our uh, star parties that I mentioned earlier, yeah. that those have been a huge hit for us. They sell out very quickly. Um, that being said, they are free to the public. We just have to cap the registration numbers. So I'd say it's a little bit of a mixture of both. Um, I'd say the more destination-based ones are some of our programs that actually take place outside of the parks where we're using various trails around the county and doing uh, mountain conditioning programs where we progressively build to more difficult hikes throughout the weeks. Oh, I would like that. Sarah, bring, bring you back in. How about inclusivity and equity? I think there's long been a disparity when you look at park visitors, at least national park visitors, predominantly white, predominantly middle-class and above, and often, you know, senior citizen age. But when it comes to Salt Lake County, you know, such a diverse group of people. And in terms of getting outdoors, how does that work in terms of being a health educator or for Park RX in terms of inclusivity and getting, getting all the kids out in the park? Right. And uh, with my public health background, that's something that's really important to me. And just, I mean, looking at local parks, what we love about those is that they are accessible to all individuals. Um, they're free to go to. They're uh, usually inviting. And if they're not, if they are not um, seen as safe, that opens up a conversation for us to collaborate with our partners in Parks and Rec and cities and whatnot to really create that conversation. And then also bringing community members. We've talked with uh, community members from different populations to really to get their take on how they see the outdoors and creating opportunities um, for them to really connect to what's around them. Oh, very good. So Pitt, let's go back to the state. Pitt grew. Um, we just heard about Hawkwatch Park pop-ups, star and solar parties, books in the parks, arts in the parks. And, and for everyone, we'll get some, some links in the show notes about that. But when it comes to 
the state, I see $60 million for Bear Lake State Park Marina. That's a huge amount of money. Yeah, so, uh, like, you know, we, we like to be the ones that have money available to support, uh, you know, outdoor recreation around the state and everything else. But it really is a team effort. So not, it, you know, money doesn't solve everything, obviously. So we're able to help bring, bring in some in, investment for infrastructure, getting, you know, open space available, building trails or whatever. But we really rely on our partners like David and Sarah mm -hmm. and so many groups around the state, because like David said, with these activities and these pop-ups and things that are happening, you know, that's what really gets people over the hurdle of I'm not sure how to use this space or what to do outside and those become kind of the initial education to get people hooked and, and excited for me as an example right uh, personally I you know I'm a father of three young children and yes I try to take them skiing I try to do it but I've had that luxury of growing up doing outdoor recreation but if I was new to Utah or if I was new to getting outside you know, these pop-up events are a good excuse to be like, hey, let's go try this out. What is stargazing? What is, you know, how do I learn about that? Or, or what is this park like? What is Wheeler Farm? I don't, I don't know. And, and how can I experience that better, right? So these events really help with that. So it is a combination of, yes, some money and investment and, 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 and building the infrastructure to handle this and, and provide people. But the programming and education is equally as important when we're looking at getting people outside and helping them to have a good experience outside because if not they could go try mountain biking for the first time crash, have a terrible and if they don't have the education or the you know somebody there to help them or a mentor or something like that they'll never mountain bike again and then 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 what do we do right we want to make sure that they have a good experience and progress every time they go outside does any of your work join or dovetail with state or local school districts, because I think of all the money that goes to high school sports. And I wonder if there's any sort of state money that goes towards, you know, high school or K through 12 outdoors. So we did have a, a one time back in 2019, um, the, the legislature passed an initiative called the Every Kid Outdoors Initiative, um, which is that like how do we get more kids outside off of screens enjoying this recognizing the benefits of being outside being able to almost you know kind of within the park rx mission of almost self-prescribe hey i need to go outside and cool down or clear my head or whatever and teaching kids that as a as a coping mechanism with a lot of things so they did that and they gave us a little bit of money up front um, that one year, one-time money, like we talked about earlier, okay. that, that we were able to go out and support a lot of programs. So we supported, you know, um, YMCA, after-school programs, all kinds of things, about $100,000 that we were able to give out in grants um, that year. Okay. We now are continuing to build the Every Kid Outdoors program, advocate for more money for that. And, and, and the goal is that you know, the Every Kid Outdoors program does become a integrated into our school systems and into kind of basic education of living in Utah. These are things that you can enjoy outside and how do we help you access those? So we're trying yeah, to work, yeah. we continue to work on that every year and Very get, good. Well, get the ongoing funding for sure. Yeah, and, and the list here is amazing. I mentioned the Bear Lake State Park Marina, there's sports and Olympic event funding, there's Waterbird Studies, 
The High Desert Trail, that looks very interesting to me. Um, there's also some off-road vehicle safety education. I, that probably would, different people would think about that differently. But one thing I wanna ask about here, it's only $20,000 one time, but nationally we read so much about the, the national parks are overloaded. You go down to Arches, there's a line all the way out and down the highway, halfway to the coffee shop in Moab. And all these you know, people going outdoors, as you were just alluding to, maybe don't have the skills to be out there. And I wonder, how's that impacting at the state level? You know, $20,000 isn't much for search and rescue for people who get into trouble hiking, climbing, any number of outdoor activities. Yeah, so that $20,000 is going to be used for supporting what's called the USARA card, which is a search and rescue card or purchase that that members of the public could make, which would any purchase of that card, the money goes into an, an account that can then be used okay. by search and rescue teams around the state to help cover some of their costs. Because you're right, it is one of our biggest hurdles in the state of some of these smaller rural communities taking the brunt of all the outdoor recreation popularity in their county or their, or their community. And those sheriff's offices or their volunteer search and rescue teams are out every day, right? Nobody's, nobody signed up to be a volunteer search and rescue person for a 40 hour a week job, right? It's, it's just, uh, but that's what's happening is they're, they're finding themselves out day after yeah. day helping people. So we wanna make sure that with this $20,000 that we can you know, help to increase awareness of that USARA card and get more people to purchase that, which would put more money in that fund but also it's finding a balance again, money doesn't solve all the problems. Like we can, we could throw a lot of money at search and rescue and we definitely need to probably do more, but it's also that, that mix of education to the public to be better prepared. Cause that's really how we're going to mitigate this problem is if people understand this isn't, this is a, this is a big commitment, this trail you're going on, you know, take water, you can't do it in flip flops, you can't, you know, you might need yeah. a jacket, and there might be a rainstorm today, you know, whatever it is, right. And it's, it's that messaging and that education that really helps to, to mitigate some of the issues that we're seeing as well, and, and help those communities. So finding that balance is key with, with investment, financial investment, and also increased outreach and education. Yeah. There. No, Pitt grew. Very, very good point, right? If if people know to take some water, take a rain jacket, wear the right shoes, um, not go on a 15-mile hike when they've been sitting around for 20 years, we wouldn't need near as much search and rescue. Um, real quickly, uh, any one of these projects really jump out like one that's really close to your heart? Um, you or, know, I grew or is, it, or is it this, they're all your favorite children? Yeah, I have to be I have to be pretty unbiased on that and be all my favorite. I will tell you the High Desert Trail is pretty unique. Um, so the High Desert Trail is a is a statewide motorized trail that will go from the southern border down in Washington County all the way up to the northern border in Box Elder County out in the West Desert. So wow. it's using existing BLM roads and trails and everything already out there. So we're not building any more roads but connecting them, signage, uh, education, kiosks, trailheads, bathroom facilities, everything else we might need out there. And when it's all said and done, it'll be 680 miles on dirt that people can go and explore the West Desert and have a great you know, adventure 
whether they want to do it in a couple days or take two weeks and explore all the side paths and or just camp out there under the stars and, and enjoy the West Desert. Oh. And it, it'll be really beneficial for the communities out there, which oftentimes most people aren't aren't going out there. But, you know, communities like Enterprise and Delta and, you know, some of these communities out in Western Tooele County, things like that, that it, it's just going to be a really great uh, I think economic driver for this, for that part of the state, as well as just a cool new experience for people that want to go have a pretty extensive adventure out there. And it's navigable for off-road vehicles or all just walking, biking or it's, all of the above? Uh, yeah, all of the above. So, you know, if you want to do it on a gravel pedal bike, you can, but it is for, it, it will, it will be motorized. So motorcycle okay. up to, you know, Jeeps, whatever, whatever adventure vehicle you, you choose. So it's like our own little motorized Pacific Crest Trail right here in Utah. How many <laughs> miles? You said over 600 miles? 680. Yep. Wow. Huh. Pretty cool. So Pitt Grew, you are with the Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. Thank you for taking time. I'm going to end with a question back for Sarah and David. Um, these challenges that we're just talking about, you know, it seems to make what you all do with Park RX all the more important. So for folks who want to get involved, who want to do art in the park or want to see some stars at night, tell me how to tell me how people can get in on all that. Well, I would like to share an exciting competition we have coming up okay. uh, starting tomorrow, April 14th. So that's Thursday, April 14th. We have a 10 day contest coming up where we are trying to get everyone outside, all ages, all abilities. And we have um, missions um, on this uh, app called Goose Chase. And there's missions up from walking around your neighborhood, planting a plant in your garden, um, up to visiting one of the national parks. There should be something for everybody and um, members of, this, um, of the community. They just need to download the Goose Chase app and look up Parker X Day. And they can come up with a team of two to five Utah residents um, all throughout Utah, uh, doesn't matter where you're at, and um, earn points to win some prizes. Oh, what kind of prizes? Ooh, we have some really good prizes. We have an Arctic cooler, we have hammocks, we have some rugby tickets, and Ooh. not only will the top three teams get prizes, but we're also keeping an eye out for um, all the teams and uh, giving out some wild card prizes. Wow, okay. So we can get outdoors, even though at my house right now, this minute it's snowing, but we can get outdoors, we can get engaged, and maybe we can take home a hammock. I kind of like that idea. Um, David Wood, Outdoor Program Coordinator, you mentioned all these things that the county has going on. Where should people go sign up? How do they get involved? So if you go to the Salt Lake County uh, Parks and Rec page, there's a drop-down menu for outdoor programs, or you can go directly to outdoor.activityreg.com. And that has all of our upcoming programs listed there, and that's how you can register there. Um, we'll obviously be adding many more programs to that as we get further into the spring and summer. Very good. David Wood, Outdoor Program Coordinator, Salt Lake County Parks and Rec. Keep up the good work. I tend to go to the parks a lot, so thank you for that. Sarah Kinnison, you are a health educator with Salt Lake County and, of course, also the founder of a nonprofit, Park RX Utah. So thank you. Thank you. And thank Pitt you. Grew, thank you. Don't want to leave you behind here. Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. Again, 
I think we should acknowledge all that the legislature's done. It's pretty easy to sort of bag on the legislature for all the fighting against the federal government and push back on the parks. But meanwhile, there's all this other work going on to help all of us get outdoors. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. This is Radioactive. Shout out to Laura Jones, who is the producer of the show each and every weeknight here at 6. If you want to get a head start, krcl.org, you can make a pledge. You can make a pledge. It's just simple as that. Our spring fun drive will be coming up and you can be first on your block. Up next, Democracy Now! I'm Nick Burns.